So right now, if you're working at something, if you're working in the details, if you're working in the minutia, if, if nobody cares or is applauding you or knows what you're doing, well, I'm applauding you right now. This is your applause because you're doing the real work. You're being like Bob Ross. And let me just tell you, and I write about this in the book, that the miracles, I think they really favor forward movement. When you're moving forward into something, when you're working at it, when you're persevering, when you're getting down into the details, that's when I think the miracles happen. The doors open. All grown up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the All Grown Up Podcast. I'm Paul Ingoni. You might know me from authoring such books as 101 Secrets for Your 20s, 101 Questions You Need to Ask in Your 20s, and let's be honest, your 30s too, as well as the creator of allgrownup.com, G-R-O-A-N, like you're groaning in pain, uh, which has been read by millions of people in 190 countries. And here at All Grown Up, at the podcast, we know your 20s, your 30s, they're incredibly hard, confusing, ambiguous. They're also really important. So in each episode, we take a secret or a question or a lie that too many of us are believing in our 20s and 30s. We break it down and that's the episode. And we do this hopefully with truth, hope, and hilarity. You know the gig. So today, I actually want to uh, go into a lie that I know I've believed for many years in my 20s. And I I look around and I I think a lot of us are kind of buying into this lie. It's actually what I start my new book, 25 Lies, 20-somethings Need to Stop Believing, which comes out March 2021. Shout out to the new book. Hey, (laughs) if you haven't heard that I have a new book coming out, uh, I'm excited about it. And I break down, obviously, a lot of lies in that book. But I start with uh, number one, and the lie is success just happens. And even if we don't tangibly, consciously tell ourselves this lie, I think we kind of buy into that, especially in today's society where we're looking at, you know, YouTube stars and Instagram stars and, uh, you know, Twitter personalities, all the kind of internet celebs is kind of the new rock star nowadays or the, the entrepreneur that's working on the beach with the laptop and they're posting pictures of it, of course, and sharing like 10 times a day on Instagram about how amazing their lives are. And it just kind of looks like it just happened for them. It just poof, you know, like it's magic. And I know I felt like that in my 20s. I just felt like, man, when am I going to be successful like I was supposed to? You know, if you've read my book, 101 Secrets Your 20s, you know I talk about that a lot. The when is uh, is supposed to going to happen? And and that was another lie, you know, that I started realizing that supposed to is never going to happen because what is supposed to, when am I going to be successful? Like I'm supposed to, well, gosh, honestly, is when I start doing the work because I can't just snap my fingers and make it happen. And so in the book, when I demonstrate this point, I use the example of a really cool hip now guy, Bob Ross. If you don't know Bob Ross, he's actually not a, a hip now guy. But he has become more and more relevant, it seems, day by day. You see his memes everywhere. You see his pictures everywhere. He was such an iconic person. He he was the artist that would uh, would teach everybody how to paint on The Joy of Painting, which ran for like 31 seasons on PBS. It's like one of the most popular all-time television shows ever. And it's just one guy, Bob Ross, 
with this big afro. Uh, I'll show I'll show a picture of him on the video on YouTube. Uh, if you've never seen him before, I'm, I'm sure you'll recognize his picture. But that big afro, and he would just sit on a stool painting a painting for an hour in front of this black drop cloth. And that was the episode. And he would just talk. And he would talk about happy little trees. And he would talk about little squirrels that need a friend. And every even trees need friends, was one of the lines he would say. And he was just so soothing. And I think that's partially why people loved him, is that he just, he was like, it was like you were sitting with a therapist for an hour, except the therapist is painting this beautiful, magical mountain painting. And he's just making you feel better about life. Just making you feel like, Everything is going to be okay. But as I start researching more about Bob Ross's life, I didn't really know much about him. So I watched the documentary about his life. I started reading more about him and just reading about his story. And again, within the lie of success just happens, well, Bob Ross is that example that it didn't just happen for him, right? Even though what he was doing seemed like magic when he was painting this beautiful painting on the screen, well, it really wasn't magic. And I'll explain that. First, He worked at his craft, obviously, for years and years and years. He trained under master painters. He stepped out on his own, and then he would travel around, and he was teaching live workshops on how to paint. And that's really how the TV show happened, is that he was traveling around, and he was doing these live workshops, but he just wasn't filling the seats. And he was barely getting by. He was barely making any money. He would travel around all over the place. He'd put flyers up, just try to get anybody he could to come to a life workshop. And maybe five people would come or 10 people would come or two people. It just wasn't really working out. So one time he stopped into, I think, a local you know, public television station in Indiana. Excuse me if that's the wrong state. I don't really remember. But it's somewhere, some small town. And he just popped into the local station and said, hey, can I run a commercial from my live workshop, I'll just paint and, and do a little intro into painting and it'll be a commercial so for, the, for the workshop. And they said, sure. So he did this info commercial for this public station, you know, and, and you know where this is going. Basically, the, the commercial was a hit and the people at the station loved him. So they invited him back to do more and to do a series. And so he, that's how it started. And he started doing more and more and it started growing in popularity. More stations started picking it up to where he's pretty much nationwide, 31 seasons, became the Bob Ross that we know and love. And Bob Ross would always talk about happy little accidents. So he'd always be just applauding those happy little accidents. And how do you turn that as you're painting into something beautiful? And one example of that in Bob Ross's life was actually his afro. So I loved learning about, and I write about this more in the new book, 25 Lies, 20-somethings Need to Stop Believing, that Bob Ross, the the afro, he he didn't have naturally an afro or curly hair, but actually when he was traveling around and doing the workshops, he was so poor, so broke, he was trying to figure out a way to save some money, like a good... 20-something, 30-something should be doing, except he was a little older, I think, at this time, but he was acting like a good 20-something, you know, trying to save money as best as he could, and uh, he thought, well, maybe if I don't have to get a haircut all year, I could save like a couple hundred bucks that way, right? So what does he do? He perms his hair and just lets it grow into this fro, and then when he starts getting this TV show and it starts gaining popularity, he was so embarrassed because all his friends started making fun of him, like, Bob, what did you do to your hair? Because that was not the Bob Ross that they knew. But it became a happy little accident for Bob. At first, he was embarrassed by it. 
But then it became his trademark, and it literally became his logo. You know, the the Bob Ross logo was basically his head and his big hair that he would put on products and sell painting products and painting supplies, and that was a big source of his income through the television show. So this happy little accident, this thing that embarrassed him at first, actually became one of the most recognizable parts about Bob Ross. And then another part about Bob Ross that really... Um, surprised me, but it, but it makes a lot of sense. But it really comes back to, again, this lie that success just happens. So Bob Ross, he, again, he, he seems like this magician up there when he's just sitting there and he's painting this magical painting in an hour. And it's, it's wonderful and it's beautiful and he has these happy little accidents, but at the end he always creates this this beautiful painting of mountain cabins, trees, a little lake. I mean, the scenery is usually about the same, but it, different varieties. And it just, it looks so amazing. And, and he does, he, he starts it and he completes it in an hour. That's true. But what I learned by learning more about his life and watching the documentary is that when Bob Ross is painting this painting within the hour, he off camera is referencing a painting that he has already painted that he has worked throughout that year to come up with this collection of paintings. And so when he's working on the painting in front of the camera, he's looking at the painting that he already painstakingly went through and put every uh, stroke where he thought it should be, where he sculpted the masterpiece that he created on, on the TV set. He had already painted that painting. So while he was painting this painting from start to finish within an hour, he'd already painted that painting. He already knew where everything was going to go. He was referencing it off off camera. So, and by no means do I think Bob Ross was, you know, cheating or he wasn't being uh, forthcoming when he would say, well, I'm going to start this painting. I'm going to finish it within the hour because he would. But it was a great metaphor to me that it wasn't just magic. Bob Ross wasn't just able to, he wasn't just sitting on that stool and just coming up with stuff on the spot and creating this masterpiece. No, he had worked in his garage, his studio for hours and for days and for weeks and for months on these paintings, perfecting them. And so that brings me to this truth. When we replace the lie with truth, that, that magic, you know, the magicians really are the least magical people out there. That magicians really are the least magical people out there. Really, what magicians are, and, and it could be a literal ma- magician or you know somebody that just is really good at something. Somebody that we look at and be like, wow, how did they do this? Then get up on stage and speak eloquently. They, they're a comedian that can make everybody laugh. They're a business leader that knows how to lead and can make you know wise strategic decisions. A teacher who really knows how to engage children and keep their attention and teach them, which is hard. A parent who is able to keep their patience and and love their children no matter what. You know, sometimes we feel like these people are magicians. But no, they're, they're people just like you and me. They have their flaws. They have their mistakes. But what they've done is they've chosen to work at their craft. They've chosen to put in the time, put in the effort, study under somebody who is a master, learn all the tricks, the techniques, learn the trade, go out on their own and and learn on the road and, and, and all that it takes to just build that craft when nobody really cares what you're doing. But that's what master craftsmen and women do. That's what magicians do. So the magician that we're watching, the literal magician that we're watching, where we look at somebody who's like, that's magic. How do they do that? Well, they're not magical. They're just probably the hardest 
hardest working person in the room. That's the master magician. They're not magical. They're just the hardest working person in the room that has worked time and time again to perfect a craft so that it almost feels like magic. It almost feels like, wow, that it looks effortless. And you'll hear that said a lot about these master craftsmen and women that are just so good at their craft. A lot of people will say, well, they, they make it look so effortless. And it's like, well, it took a lot of years and time and, and painstaking effort to make it look that easy. So there's that old phrase that, you know, it takes about 10 years to create an overnight success. It takes about 10 years of working at something, perfecting your craft to create an overnight success. And I really think that's true. And the people that don't go through that process, they're the people that we usually call one-hit wonders, right? They stumbled into success. They, they created some video, they sang some song, they created something, and they just stumbled into it. And, and they're one-hit wonders because for them, success was kind of magical. They don't know how it happened. They don't know how they got there. They don't know how to replicate it. And usually they don't know how to hold up and sustain the weight of success. They've never built that foundation. So it crushes them. So actually, I think sometimes the good Lord is saving our lives when he's not giving us all the big things that we're crying out for. You know, I want this best-selling book, or I want the million dollars, or I want I want to get married tomorrow, or whatever it is. I think God's sometimes like, hold on, you know, if I give you that right now, it will crush you. I'm, I remember personally being a 25-year-old you know, working on my first book, trying to get it published, getting rejected by all the publishers around and just really crying out to God and be like, man, why won't you, why can't this happen? Why can't I get any publisher to publish my book? I want to be a best-selling author. And I think God was like, you know what, Paul, if I give you that, you're going to be a one-hit wonder. It's going to crush you. You don't have the maturity. You don't have the character to sustain any amount of success right now. You can barely uh, you know, hold up just a, you know, a marginal little piece of success without letting it get to your head. You really got to grow. You got to be strengthened in this because I don't want you to be crushed. And I think that's what happens to one hit wonders all too often. So the lie success just happens. Well, we know that's not true. It doesn't just happen. And if it does just happen to somebody, usually they can't sustain it. So right now, if you're working at something, if you're working in the details, if you're working in the minutia, if if nobody cares or is applauding you or knows what you're doing, well, I'm applauding you right now. This is your applause because you're doing the real work. You're being like Bob Ross. And let me just tell you, and I write about this in the book, that, that miracles, I think they really favor forward movement. Miracles favor forward movement. When you're moving forward into something, when you're working at it, when you're persevering, when you're getting down into the details, that's when I think the miracles happen. The doors open. Like Bob Ross going to some random station uh, to do a commercial because he's hustling, trying to do live workshops, and then all of a sudden he becomes uh, the Bob Ross that we all know and love of happy little accidents. So what is going to be your happy little accident? Keep working at it. All right. Thanks, everybody. This is Paul Angoni, and this is the All Grown Up Podcast. Have a great week.